Greetings and welcome back to another and ongoing series of Shirim and Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom. We're now at the beginning of the fourth chapter of Masachat Gitin. And this requires a bit of an introduction because the fourth and fifth parakim, as I mentioned at the beginning of the Masachat, really are not about Gitin. Uh, although our first sugya will be to some extent. Uh, and it goes as follows. There are a series of takanot, of ordinances that were made by various batedin during the first century, uh, which were um, aimed at uh, fixing a problem in the social order. In other words, in order to achieve the overall goals of the Torah, a loophole had been exposed, uh, which was defeating them, and that loophole was closed by a takana. This purpose is referred to by Chachamim as tikkun ha'olam, literally repairing the world. Uh, but that's what it means in this context. And the first of those takanot has to do with cancellation of a shaliach for a get, and that's why it's in Gitin, but we will see over the course of the next two chapters, we will deal with get Gitin itself very, very little, and only resume our discussion of Gitin at the beginning of the sixth chapter, which is a, uh, a good 30 daf away. Uh, in any case, So if a man sends a get, and he encountered the shaliach, the fellow encountered the shaliach, and he changed his mind. Or he intentionally sent the shaliach after him. And he said to the shaliach, either he bumped into him or the shaliach told him, I'm canceling the get. That works. Alright, that's fine. Let's say he ran ahead and got to his wife, or sent a shaliach to his wife. And he says, the get that I've sent you, I'm canceling. It's canceled. But once she's already gotten it, he can't cancel it anymore. And all of this seems to be quite obvious, and the Gemara will ask that question and try to identify what's being taught here. Here we go with the Tikkun HaOlam. Originally, the law was that the husband, once he had sent the shaliach, if he changed his mind, could assemble a beitin wherever he was, in some other place, and cancel the get. This takes us back to the beginning of the first century. Not to do so because of tikkun ha'olam. What was the concern of what, how things would play out, and therefore what loophole were they closing, and what um, social fissure was being fixed, that's something we'll discuss in the next podcast. Right. Now, the Gemara immediately points out that the language of the first clause is that he encountered the shaliach, not that he chased after him. It doesn't say he reached him, but he encountered him. Meaning, even if it by happenstance he encountered him. We don't say that this fellow is just playing mind games with his wife and trying to harass her. Rather, we say he really did mean to cancel the get. Now, so what do I need the second part of that first clause, which is either he encountered him or he sent the shaliach? So, because I would have thought, I would think, after all, he sent one shaliach, then he sent another shaliach. What gives the second shaliach enough power to cancel the first shaliach's agency? Maybe the first shaliach's the main one. So, Kamash Malan, therefore, the Mishnah teaches us that the second shaliach does have the power to cancel out the first shaliach. Now, the second clause is, Kadam hu eitzel ishto lamali. Why do I have to express the idea that if he runs and uh, gets to his wife first, he can cancel it? So, 
Maybe because we don't assume that he's trying to harass her, that's when he sends a shaliach. But when he goes to see her himself, he's just harassing her because he wants to see her squirm and say, oh, the God I sent, it's Batel, and now it's not Batel, and keep her uh, upset. So Kamash Milan therefore teaches us to know that he really does mean to cancel it. So what do I need the second half of the second clause, which is if he sent the shaliach to the wife, that he himself doesn't want to trouble himself just to upset her. But when he's sending a shaliach and he doesn't care what happens, certainly he's going to go, and the husband's intent here is, again, to harass her and to upset her, and therefore he doesn't really mean to cancel it, that in all of these cases the cancellation is really a cancellation. However, the third part of the, or the third clause, if she had already gotten the get, and then he comes and says it's Batel, he can't cancel it, Pshita, that's a no-brainer. So, now we could be talking about a case where he's been looking for her, or he's been trying to find some way to cancel it, and finally he gets to her, but it's too late. That this might clarify for me that originally he had cancelled it, and therefore the cancellation should effectively predate her reception of the get, and therefore it should be cancelled. Kamash Malan, that once she gets it, she gets it. And if he comes and says, I've tried everything for the last week to find you, and I couldn't find it, it doesn't help. Okay, now, that, that explains the setup of the Mishnah. Uh, we're now going to look at some of the language issues of what it is he has to say to cancel it. Tanarabonin, batel who, if he says it's batel, ef shibo, or I don't want to use it, dvav kaimin, that works. Pasul who, or ain't no get, but if he says it's invalid or it's not a get, lo marklum, because that's just not true. He's not changing anything about his intent, he's making a declaration which is just untrue. On the other hand, if he says, I'm canceling it, or it's canceled, or I don't want to use it, then he's saying, I accept that it was a valid get, and I'm invalidating it. Now, but it sounds like the word batel means let it be canceled, not it was already null. So we have uh, one of several possible sources for this statement. Mikabel matona. If somebody accepts a gift, shamar laachar shebata matona liyado. Once he already got the gift, he says matona zu mivutelat. This cancel. Uh, this uh, g- this gift is canceled. Tibatel or let it be canceled. The ef shibat lo amar klum. He hasn't said anything. Betelahi ena matona. But if he says it is batel or it's not a gift, then drav kaimin. Because here, of course, his intent is the exact opposite of ours, which is he wants to say it never was a gift. I never accepted it. You can't accept a gift, own it, and then say it's not a gift anymore. You have to give it away to somebody else or be it. But to say that I never accepted it, now let's say it came with some strings attached for whatever reason, you can't say that um, I don't want it anymore. You basically have to say I never wanted it. And Batel here works to say, Alma Batel mi mashma. Obviously, you see that Batel means it was never good. So how do we uh, reconcile that with our ruling that batel works in the case of a get, where you're saying, from now on, it shall not be good? So, Amar Abaye, batel, mashma, batel is an equivoke, it has two meanings. It means both, it will be cancelled, or it was already no. And in each case, you always we always interpret it charitably, uh, as we say in rhetoric, to understand it as having the most effective and efficient meaning. Now, Amar Baye, Naktinan, we have the following rule. Shliach matona hareyu kishliach haget. 
a uh, shliach bringing a matana is like a shliach haget. Nafkamina. Uh, what's the nafkamina? Who cares? The holech lav dami. For purposes of the ruling of holech lav which means when I give a matana to somebody, to a shliach to bring, it isn't yet the recipient's. I'm just sending it with this guy, and I can pull him back at any time. Same thing as the Shliach Aget, which, of course, is the entire spirit on animating our Mishnah, that a husband may retrieve the get before it's gotten to the wife. Now, Ravina, Ashkechel of Nachum Bar-Yitzchak, Tatali Bekaibi, Iber Dadasha. He said he found Rav Nachum Bar-Yitzchak, who was leaning on the door, but coming by lane, he was evidently bothered, and he was asking the question, Batel Mahu. What if he doesn't say Batel Hu? He just says Batel. The get is Batel. Right, it, it's batel. Is that enough? Should we, should we fill in the word who, kind of like a yad shen or um, and say that that cancellation is valid or not? So the answer is take. It's unclear. So I'm sheishnu alav matnita tana gedzel lo yoil lo yatir lo yaziv lo yishalach lo yigaresh yecheres yekecheres. If you say any of these line word phrases, which means which indicate the future, it shall not be effective. It shall not release. It shall not let her go on her own way. It shall not divorce, etc. It shall be like a piece of pottery. Then it works. So if he says it as a normative statement, it should be then that's valid. If on the other hand it says it as a descriptive statement, it is no good. It doesn't support. It doesn't uh, divorce. It doesn't separate. Then he hasn't said anything. Again, because what he's saying is just not true. So, Abayalahu, so now the question is, Harehu Cheres. If you make a declaration and say, and say Behold, it is Cheres, Mahu. Do we say it's a description, description or declaration? So, some, somehow this, uh, this was taught uh, in the school of Rav Ravashi. The answer is very simple. When you say Harehu, you're making a declaration. You point to something and say Harehu Hefker. You point to an animal and say Harehu You point to this get and say Harehu Cheres. You're declaring from now on it should be Cheres. And it certainly is a, is a valid invalidating of the get. Now, the question is, Choser Megarish Po, Choser Megarish Po. Once you've invalidated the Shlichut, you've called the Shaliach back, and then you change your mind again. Can you use the same get, or do you need to write a new get? Is the get been canceled, or not? So, a classic dispute between third generation uh, Amorites, really second generation Amorites, or Nachman or Sheshit, or Nachman says you can reuse the get, the get or Sheshit says you can't. You may reuse it. After all, we know that the halacha is like Rabbi Yochanan that says chozeret, which means in the case of delayed kedushin in the third parak of kedushin, when a man gives a woman money and says she accepts it. Any time during the thirty days, she could say forget about it, and the kedushin are invalidated. All right, and then if he wants to do kedushin, he'd have to give her more money. He couldn't just say keep the keep the thing and uh, you know the the kiddushin gets reanimated. So how, why does Nachman say you can reuse this get? So the answer is Hachiyash taught them uh, All that happened there was he said and then she turned around and said in third in in a week forget about it. So her word about forget about it, her phrase of saying forget it, cancels his original kudeshetli or her original acceptance. But here you don't have that. Even though he canceled the shliach, but the get itself has not been canceled, and therefore the get has not been impinged in any way. The shaliach, meaning the vehicle for bringing it, has been stopped. 
That's like if a husband put his hand out to give a get to his wife, then pulled it back and said, now let me think about it. And then five minutes later gave it to her. Of course it would be valid. Nothing is wrong with the get. Just the, the conduit for getting to the wife was interrupted. Okay. Now, in the, um, the Mishnah said, Barishon Haya Oser, originally he would make a beitin. This is what led to the Tikkun Olam. Originally he would make a beitin in his own place and cancel it. Eat Marbifne Kamahumavatlo. In the presence of how many before the Takona, would he cancel it? Rav Nachman Amar Bifnei Shnaim, Rav Sheshit Amar Bifnei Shlosha. Nachman says only two is all you need, Rav Sheshit says three. Sheshit Amar Bifnei Gimel, this is what's my proof, because Beitin Kayin says originally he would make a Beitin, a Beitin is three. Nachman Amar Bifnei Shnaim, why the Veitre Nam Beitin Karula? When you have two judges together, we also call it a Beitin. And therefore, Rav Nachman says that's all you need, because there's not really a Maisa Beitin, they're just sta- standing there with a rubber stamp. So Amar Nachman Manamin Allah, how do I know that it's two? Or how do I know that two can be a beitin? That non, the Mishnah Shvit says in the describing a prose bowl, ploni uploni ploni. What do you say? I'm giving it to you A and B, the Dayanim who are in this particular place. You see two guys are called a beitin. What's his answer? You want the Tana to be a yakety yak? To say ploni uploni ploni? He doesn't need to say all three. So I'm Nachman, and I mean, I'll prove to you again that two is called a beitin. Nan, in the same Mishnah about about uh, Prusbul, Hadayanim Chotmin Lamata O Haedim. That below the star, either the Dayanim or the Edim sign. It sounds like it's sort of a parallel thing. My love, Dayanim Dumid Edim. So that means Dayanim are like Edim. My Edim Shnaim. Edim we know is always two. Afdayanim Nami Shnaim. So you see two Dayanim are called a beitin. Rav Sheshet, Rav Sheshet's answer is, who said that the same? Hakadita. If you have witnesses, sign, you have two. If you have Dayanim, sign, you have three. So if that's the case, according to Rav Sheshet, according to Rav Nachman, I understand why it says Dayanim and Edim to show me that I only need two. But according to Rav Sheshet, why do I need uh, to say uh, both Dayanim and Edim in that Mishnah? Just say Chotmim. So it doesn't matter whether or not the prusbul was written if from the perspective of Dayonim and signed by Edim, or from the perspective of Edim, meaning we are witness to the fact that this guy handed over his star and signed by Dayonim, which is also okay, or if it's written from the perspective of Dayonim of saying we had this fellow come before us and hand us this star, and it's signed by Edim. Either way, it's okay. That's why it said Edim and Dayonim. It doesn't matter what the perspective of the star is, and it doesn't matter which of them signs. It can be mixed and matched, and it's still valid. Okay, we'll pick up at the Tikkun HaOlam on Daf Lama Gimel Amur Aleph in the next podcast. Everyone should have a wonderful day.